thank you for listening to this ASD in Church podcast. I'm James Nelson and I'm delighted to be joined today by my friend and colleague, Catherine Beck. Catherine, it's great that you can uh, join me today. Do you want to say a little bit for the listeners just by way of introduction about who you are? Yep, thank you, James. Um, my name is Catherine. I'm glad to be joining you. I work as an occupational therapist in a children's team in mainstream schools. Um, I love travel and music and am involved in the children's work in my local church as well. Thank you. I think you failed to mention that you have significant experience in the area of autism as well. You're very humble, but we know you have that. And uh, so, and, and, and we're grateful that you're bringing that expertise to us today. And I think for today, we're particularly focusing this podcast for someone who is a youth leader in a church organization of some sort, whether that's a, a Sunday school or a youth fellowship or, or, or whatever it might be. And we're thinking about that youth leader who might have someone coming to their youth event and that young person is on the autism spectrum and we're trying to think together and chat together about how we can help that youth leader be best prepared, Catherine, aren't we? And I suppose maybe to start with, I wonder, are there general principles, before we get into lots of specifics, just general things that might be helpful for someone in that position to bear in mind? Yeah, I think there's a saying that if you know one person with autism, you know one person with autism. So I think general principle of remembering that individuals are unique um, and really getting to know information from their parent or carer if they're younger um, or getting to know information about them from the individual if they're a teenager or a young adult um, from themselves, showing an interest in them. And I suppose for listeners, if they don't have any awareness or maybe don't feel they know that much about ASD or autism, maybe reading up or there's lots of useful websites and links just to have maybe a bit more of a picture um, of what to expect or what that young person um, might might present like in their youth group. Yeah, so real value in thinking about someone on the spectrum as an individual just like everybody else. It reminds me a bit of the podcast we recorded a little while ago with our our colleague uh, Gillian who who mentioned about the importance of really studying a child and and I mean that in the best sense not in some bizarre (laughs) way that youth leaders need to start you know research projects on people in their youth ministry but that it, it really can help to to try and really get to know uh, as much as possible, really, the, the, the specific aspects for, for a young person attending their, their group. I'm just wondering as well, a word at the start about parents, because as well as a young person coming to a youth group, there's also a parent or guardian bringing them. And I'm just thinking that can be tough for the parent, even on some level. I don't know if you want to say something about that, Catherine. Yeah, I think, I suppose, from experiences both through work and through church, um, I think parents can have had varying experiences um, depending on how their children or young people have been received, I suppose, whether that's through an organisation or appointments or in church. So I think really being reassuring and being happy to see a parent coming <laughs> as 
maybe simple as that sounds, but having that welcome and a smile and sometimes just time that you can show that you're interested, that you're happy to listen to them, that you actually care. You want to find out more about them, about their young person or their child and find out what they like, what they're interested in, um, looking for all of those positive things. Um, So I think time is really valuable to get to know those parents or the carers um, and yeah just being reassuring um, to them I suppose that you're accessible that if they are worried I know in our church if there's parents that are maybe concerned or they're a little bit apprehensive what is this going to be like what if um, things don't go as, as hoped um, being accessible saying it's that reassurance of it's okay I'll send you a text or do you know what if they're not settled I'll come and get you or I'll let you know Um, because that can just reduce the parents anxiety or worry as well. Yes I I think at times it can be even more stressful for a parent than for a young person bringing a a child on the spectrum to an activity and thinking how's this going to go and maybe as you say if they've had a difficult experience or two before they can be uh, stressed about that so being supportive to them can be yeah. so important mm. and I think sometimes whenever the, the child's in the setting they might be having the best time ever but the parent doesn't necessarily know that because they might be in another room possibly another building um, so sometimes I'll have done that just sent a little message all okay settled really well just that reassurance that the parents oh I can relax and enjoy the service or you know actually I have permission to go up for prayer and um, those types of things that they know they don't need to rush back to check what has happened or is everybody still okay and um, panic stations that's a nice practical reassuring tip yes I'm wondering then if a youth leader is, is planning some youth activities maybe a, an upcoming program and they're aware that someone coming for the first time is on the autism spectrum, are there some practical things they can do in advance that might make it be a better experience for that young person? Yeah, so I think planning and preparation is key. So we know that people with autism generally find new situations or changes or transitions um, they can be difficult so any preparation or explanation of what is going to happen or what might happen will be reassuring and can help reduce um, anxiety and um, not as again not just for the young person but also for the parents as well um, so for the youth leader or Sunday school teacher that preparation maybe in advance so things like maybe contacting the parent um, giving them the information that they need allowing the parent to ask the questions that they know their young people won't want to know so maybe how long is the session going to be what will it look like um, we know that visuals can be really important as well so maybe sending out a pack in, in the post or email or websites so maybe having a picture of what the inside of the room looks like maybe having a timetable of the activities that are expected um, having details things that the young person the young person themselves or their parents want to know um, about the session um, so I know some websites church websites have 
uh, sort of what to expect if you come to our church. So what does a church building look like? What can you expect from the structure of the service? Is there time for tea and coffee? What what type of worship might there be? What do you wear? Um, I know sometimes if you're visiting somewhere, all you might think of all of those things. So I think that preparation um, and that information, if the young person and or their parents or carers can have that information and um, that can really help reduce anxiety and make it as successful um, as possible really. So in a lot of ways there we're talking about helping the young person manage the transition into something new and know yeah. as much as is reasonably possible about what they can expect and of course we know that for folk on the spectrum unexpected things can be really quite challenging so I suppose uh, to flip your advice around we could even say you know here's what not to do so on the first day jump out and say surprise welcome little Johnny uh, <laughs> this is totally unexpected but we're about to go on a trip to a nearby park um, and then you can peel little Johnny off the ceiling and he's never coming back yeah. <laughs> yes so trying avoid trying to avoid big unexpected things and letting them know roughly what's going to come that's yeah good. and I think as well for those situations that there are changes and um, because we live in a world that is constantly changing as we know um, and things also don't go as planned at times um, so we can't remove all of those changes or unforeseen circumstances but where possible um, we can give people a heads up or let them know what to expect or if we know that there's going to be a planned change um, or something different then we can prepare that person so well, actually the church building has been specially decorated for Christmas and you have to walk in through a different door or you know there's building work going on so that means the areas that we usually use are out of bounds so any of those changes just thinking ahead um, for that young person that that might be helpful. I think that's so important and it reminds me of a story I once heard that emphasizes that this just isn't really trivial. This is actually really important for people on the spectrum. I, I heard a story once of a young person and the font on the order of service changed one week mm -hmm. and they were unable to concentrate for the rest of the, the morning because their concern was, well, if that has changed, what other unexpected changes are coming my way? And they just simply couldn't focus. So I think I think that emphasizes that we're not just sort of talking about little tweaks to try and make everything perfect. We're really talking about the fundamentals of letting someone engage in, in church life. I wonder then moving on to some more practical tips for running uh, an event or a, a youth organization when there's someone on the autism spectrum in the room. Uh, maybe to start with particularly thinking about a younger age group, are there some practical tips, Catherine, you think could be helpful for a youth leader to bear in mind during the the, the event they're, they're going to run yeah so i suppose thinking of a specific session a parent once really reinforced and mentioned don't underestimate the importance of routine so whilst you might have different sessions and different themes um, each week you might have the same type of structure for example that you might always start with free play and then you might have singing or worship um, you might have a story and then a snack and then it's home time so whilst the specifics of those might change every week 
you can still have the same visuals up that there's still going to be free play there might just be different toys you're still going to have singing or worship that might look different each week but it's still within that category um, you might have a different story it might be a red story it might be through a dvd video um, it might be acted out um, but that's still the story so really using the structure and the routine um, for for the children in this session um, thinking about the physical structure of the space um, I think as well being mindful of communication for young people um, or children on the spectrum um, so really being clear with what you're asking a child to do and this is a lot harder than you might realize and I am constantly learning lessons of things that I shouldn't say um, so for example um, saying oh would you like to take a seat and somebody coming up to me with a chair ready to take it they're just waiting for me to tell them where to go and then I realize what I have said um, where actually I just want them to sit down <laughs> so really thinking about how we communicate clearly um, using lots of supports in our communication so things like gestures um, so two thumbs up or um, a high five uh, using visuals sometimes even just holding up the objects if you're asking a group of children to get their bibles if you hold up the bible that they can see this is what I need to go and get um, or if it's time for juice or um, a snack that you're holding up the cup saying it was time for juice everybody sit down at the table there's so much in there Catherine and I think what you said there about it being harder than you think to communicate clearly I think you're totally right and I think this is one of those many moments when someone on the autism spectrum is more accurate and precise about the communication and you realize that people who aren't on the spectrum can be vague and even unhelpful about when they say things like take a seat um, yeah <laughs> yeah I think as well it's encouraging that really some of the things you're talking about here are not very expensive things. We're not saying that uh, you need a fully equipped sensory room with all sorts of, you know, thousand pounds worth of kit. We're talking about basics. We're talking about having some structure. We're talking about simple things like some basic scheduling on the wall that you can mm -hmm. maybe put up with just a few pieces of paper that you printed out at home and that this is really achievable. So I think that's one of the encouraging things about what you're you're saying. Yeah. I wonder then, uh, moving in to think about the older age group, so I suppose this is post-primary, maybe teenagers, so we're maybe in the area of youth fellowships or, or something like that. I wonder, have you practical suggestions there? Because obviously that group is different. We're not going to be telling a 15-year-old to sit on a hula hoop on the floor. It, it's, a, it's a different situation and we approach differently. Any, any thoughts about how someone might manage that most effectively? Yeah, I suppose for um, teenagers or young adults, some of the same general principles will be important. So having that preparation and knowing what is ahead or what is likely to happen, um, that might look different for a teenager than it would for a child. So instead of having visuals up on the wall, maybe they have a checklist on their phone or they have a little post-it that they can check off in their pocket um, so that they know, okay, that, that section's over. 
deeper this is what's going to happen next or they can I know a lot of teenagers using their phone in terms of checking how much longer is left what time okay I know this youth fellowship finishes at nine o'clock it's quarter two so I know I've got 15 minutes left um I think in terms of communication and specifically within the church context um, that literal interpretation of language and again it's really challenging and something that I definitely have to think more about um, there can be lots of unclear phrases and use of imagery um, so really trying to support a teenager or young adult's understanding by explaining um, so I know examples that like so set my heart on fire if somebody maybe is not from a church background or has a very literal understanding of language what does that really mean um so maybe that phrase is interpreted literally so they're preoccupied with their heart on fire and what this would be like so maybe taking time to explain what that phrase might mean so maybe oh, we use that phrase but it really means to help me to worship Jesus with passion and with enthusiasm um so thinking about some of those and all of the the metaphorical language within the bible as well so lots of verses um so taking the time and making sure that they understand or i think also being open to questions i have had some excellent questions from young people who are on the spectrum um so wanting to know when the fiery furnace was seven times hotter how did they measure that and was this a metaphorical furnace or was this a real furnace and what would that have been like in that time um which are questions that have challenged me and definitely given me more things to think about which which is great and i think that area of language is really important because I suppose it's not even just if there's an extreme misinterpretation from literal thinking, uh, which could happen, but I'm guessing probably even if if one of those figures of speeches or metaphors causes someone just to get a bit stuck in their thinking and pause a bit on it. So if someone says in a talk about setting your heart on fire, to use that example, that might just make the person on the autism spectrum, I suppose, have to sit and wrestle that one around their head for a, mm-hmm. a few min- few moments by which stage they've maybe even lost the train of thought of the rest of the talk. So even if it's not a dramatic misinterpretation, it could hold them up a bit in trying to understand the importance of it. And I know um, you and I had had chatted before at a a training event we were a part of about if we lose some young people and we disengage them because they just get frustrated with us because our communication doesn't really make sense to them. If we've lost them at some of these areas, when we get onto the fundamentals about salvation about grace about eternal life uh about god's love if we've lost them already and we lose them to fundamentals that's so uh, sad really so i think it's helpful that you're 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 nudging us all to think about our communication and the clarity and again reminding us that it's not easy it's it's not easy but i think it's also a challenge and there have been really special times as well i think even for our own expectations um maybe how we have experienced church or growing up um, within a church context or organisations. But there are so many, I suppose, creative opportunities and different ways to explore God's word and 
Um, I know some of the young people that I've worked with, they have really enjoyed Bible journaling and that very visual, whether it's writing out passages of scripture or verses or maybe they have a picture in their head of what that verse looks like to them that they can explore that and and that relationship with God through that um, and I suppose thinking again about all of the different use of visuals maybe more appropriate for teenagers or young adults but there's some really good um, infographics and videos and YouTube clips and podcasts and apps lots of different ways for young people well for everyone to engage I suppose you know that we had mentioned that we're unique and individual and sometimes it's just trying to find the best fit and I would never want a young person not to feel that whatever way you know that they can connect with God or learn more of who he is and his character maybe just it's a different way that we wouldn't have thought about otherwise. Yes and that that reminds me of a discussion you and I have had before about resources and even basic things like there's an infographic bible and a junior infographic bible which I wasn't aware of which could be really helpful if that's the sort of pattern and, and way of communication that someone really relates to that's that's all helpful stuff Catherine. I suppose I'm thinking as well back to the youth leader and they're, they're planning their events and, and their program and they're going to maybe take some of these tips on board. I'm guessing that even if everything goes really well from their point of view, there could still be some times when it can go a bit wrong and uh, where things might get a bit difficult for someone on the spectrum. Perhaps they get a bit overwhelmed about something and they get a bit stressed and towards what some people might term a meltdown. So I'm wondering then, have we any advice or tips? How does a youth leader or church volunteer respond when someone on the spectrum is starting to really wobble and it's getting a bit tricky? That's a really good question. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we almost need to expect that things aren't going to go perfectly 100% all of the time. Um, so trying to stay calm and that is a lot harder to do um, whenever you're in a situation and maybe a child or a young person on the spectrum is they're distressed and um, that can be can be a stressful situation for everybody involved. But as the adult, I suppose, trying to stay calm, thinking about your own tone of voice, that you're not panicked or running about um, shouting. Uh, trying to stay calm and be in that reassuring presence for that that young person um, and I suppose it goes back to as well some of that preparation so even before where we can ask parents or carers or ask the young person what are the things that we can do to help um, so some children mightn't be able to do that but their parents will know um, but for some of our teenagers or young adults they'll say actually whenever things get too much for me I just need a quiet space or I need to go outside for a walk um, or do you know what I just need five minutes by myself um, and so if we know that those are things that will help that individual just being aware that that's maybe an option and um, giving them permission as well so I know some of the young people I've worked with they maybe know or recognize that that's what they need but sometimes they need 
an adult or somebody who's in charge to say it's okay for you to do this and knowing that um in advance can be really helpful um I suppose having somebody as a key person that they can go to I know that we use that in some of our residentials that if a young person we let them know that if they're feeling stressed or if they have questions or if there's a time that they need to go and have a bit of a break they'll have a key person that they can that really gets them that they can go to and just say I just need you know to go outside for a bit and they say that's okay so it doesn't have to be dramatic or um, a big hoo-ha that they can just sort of slip out collect themselves and come back in again sometimes I think it's worth remembering as well that for a young person they can experience the sensory world around them differently to your eye so we all I suppose are unique in how our body processes the sensory information that we receive so while some people might love bright lights and roller coasters and loud music lots of people don't (laughs) Um, and while some people might be really irritated by labels on their clothing other people won't notice it but for some individuals on the autistic spectrum those differences impact or can impact um, on being able to participate in everyday activities or routines so within the church setting if there are environments that might be very overwhelming for them lots of background chatter maybe lots good strong smell of different types of coffee and tea lots of people maybe the temperature the heating's up in the church some of those environments can be stressful and sometimes children or young people they go into that fight flight or freeze mode so there might be times whenever they things do go wrong and maybe they're in that fight flight freeze zone where they they don't know really what's happening to them and it's just panic and stress um so at those times i think it's important to remember not necessarily to have to ask what's wrong or what do you want me to do um but just trying to reduce the demands on them being reassuring sometimes even just being in a presence maybe from you know a couple of meters away just being with them that it's okay is reassuring and can be reassuring for them as well that reminds me a bit of the podcast we recorded recently with zach and i think he said that at times if someone asked him when things were difficult what's wrong what's wrong that could in itself make it inadvertently worse because he didn't quite know what was wrong but he knew he needed a bit of space and um a bit of thinking space yeah so i think you're you're reminding us there about being supportive giving people appropriate space and I suppose then parents get linked in here again, you know, coming back mm-hmm. around to them that I suppose sometimes even with the best organized and planned event in the world, sometimes a parent might need a text or a call to say, can you come down a bit earlier because it's got a bit difficult. And I know we were chatting a little bit earlier about the importance of that and being that being a, a moment of opportunity to be gracious to the parent because they're probably feeling a bit weak or they might be quite stressed And I suppose then if the youth leader can be calm, like you're saying, and reassuring to the parent as well as they've been to the young person, probably everyone will leave a little bit calmer and ready to be back next week. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's that sort of like the three key people or groups, so the young person themselves, so being reassuring and calm for them, you know, that just because maybe they're in that 
fight flight freeze mode that you as a youth leader just don't bolt out through the door you know that actually you're okay with that and sometimes even just staying in the room and being like this is okay sometimes life is hard sometimes this situation is a bit tricky but I'm gonna stay here or you know it's, it's okay so thinking about the young person or the child thinking about the parent and um, so reassuring them yeah maybe actually and sometimes it's being the detective and often not always but often whenever you look back I can see the trigger I can see the thing that caused the stress so whether that was a change in routine or the smoke alarm fire alarms were tested and I didn't know about it and there was chaos so sometimes you can look back and see what the trigger was but you can be reassuring and say well do you know what we know now for the next time that we'll make sure the smoke alarms aren't tested in the middle of our session or we'll give that preparation um, and it's also that opportunity to build a relationship with the parent um, you know and maybe they've experienced different things at home or different things at school or at college and that's where they can say well actually this sometimes helps or oh yes maybe I, I can mention this strategy that works really well for my child um, and then the third um, group is sometimes the the volunteers or the youth leaders sometimes having just a bit of a debrief and thinking okay what went well in that session oh yeah they really liked the visuals or we tried this activity and it was really fun and the the children really responded well to it but also thinking what what could we change or what do we need to look at for the next time and so for for myself sometimes there are times when I look at a session or a youth fellowship group and think do you know what next time I might want to prepare that a little bit more or I might need to remember to set up the environment and sometimes it's the time factor um, trying to think actually I need to be in sort of 20 minutes in advance half an hour in advance maybe longer to get set up and organized so that you're calm and ready if everything where you need it to be before the children or the young people arrive um and sometimes yeah the young the children or young people with autism might want to come in a little bit earlier as well just to get used to the surroundings um familiarize themselves have that little bit of settling time and that transition in um so that can be really helpful as well i think i think when you were describing earlier there about staying calm and being present and saying we're here and things can get difficult at times actually in a way i think isn't that modeling god's love to all of us in a broader sense it's yeah. kind of the gospel acted out in a in a moment of a meltdown really that um in a sense in our lives god's there uh not not bolting out the door yeah. and is there for us and present and we get to try and perfectly and embody that uh in, in probably a way that'll be remembered because i guess um families and young people and maybe all of us have a tendency to remember what happened when things went really wrong so actually in a way and, and I'm not trying to be blindly positive, but these are moments that will be remembered <laughs> and moments to model really what Christian life uh, and following Christ looks like. So that's encouraging and challenging and maybe a bit daunting also. Yeah. And, and I suppose just thinking of, of a final question, Catherine, we've we've talked a fair bit there about some challenges 
We've talked a fair bit about some practical things that might need done. And I'm just wondering if there's a youth leader listening to this and they're starting to think, oh my goodness, actually this is far more work than I thought it was going to be, or this is going to be stressful or, or whatever. Have we any encouragement that we can finish off with for that youth leader who's maybe feeling slightly stressed out by, by, by our conversation today? Yeah, I hope everybody listening is not, not stressed out or worried, but um, there may be those moments where, yeah, there's stress or difficulties. Um, but I really believe that as part of the church and the body that we're called to care and really to model, just like you'd mentioned, um, that love. And we know that God never leaves us and he's with us um, through the good times and through the times that challenge. Um, so it's really modeling that. I think we're called, called to do that. But I also think that if we don't, um, both potentially the individual who has autism but also us we will miss out I know that I have shared some really beautiful and significant moments with both children and young people um, on the spectrum where God has really worked and spoken to them um, where God works through us and just the privilege of that of being a part of that um and yeah it makes a difference in the lives of those young people and some yeah I suppose revelations that those unexpected moments maybe where a child or young person can come to you and say this is you know what God was telling me or um, wait to hear this Catherine this is what what has happened um, and really having that sort of kingdom perspective like for God for his glory and for his kingdom so I think if we don't maybe think about those things then then we're, we're all missing out a little bit. Yes something rich about the kingdom about Christ's body and mm-hmm. that he'll use even people like us thank you for that encouragement Catherine and thank you for lots of practical tips and wisdom and helpful examples as well and thank you also to you for listening we hope and pray that this has been helpful to you